Dotnet Rocks episode 637 with guest Josh Holmes. Recorded live Tuesday, February 1st, 2011. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklin's.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering video training on Silverlight 4 with Billy Hollis and SharePoint 2010 with Sahil Malik. Order online now at franklins.net. And now here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much. It's Carl and Richard. Hey, Richard. Buddy. Oh, the snow. It will not stop. Yeah. Welcome to Winter Wonderland, baby. So much for global warming, huh? <laughs> I can't tell you how many people are just like, you know, think Al Gore is a crackpot around here for because they're experiencing a cold snap, then therefore there must be no global warming. Right. Well, they uh, and food supplies are being disrupted. Things are afoot. Yeah, they certainly are. Well, let's get right into Better Know Framework. Something warm and toasty for for those who are hungry and uh, cold. Woohoo! Yeah. Hungry for knowledge. <laughs> so what do you got? So I've started doing tips. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and you can tell you're immersed in a project because you're coming out with these nuggets as you're Well, fighting. and not just that, but like this one, I was doing a DNR TV with Paul Sheriff. Oh, yeah. Which you can find at dnrtv.com. We've been doing some really great DNR TV episodes lately. Having a good time with it, have you? Well, yeah. I'm, I, we used to do, um, the way we used to do it is I had a virtual machine that I would record with Camtasia and then people would connect to it. But we I found that the the stuff got more and more complex to set up and right. people are comfortable with their machines the way they do it. And laptops now are powerful enough to have a pretty good powerful uh demo going and to do Camtasia in the background. It, it wasn't always the case, right? True. So I started going out to code camps and doing DNR TVs live and then I started just using tools like um you know, uh, WebEx and GoToMeeting and even the Ask for Remote Assistance with uh, with uh, Windows nope. Live Messenger and having the, 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 the talent record the Camtasia on their machine. So that's what right. we're doing a lot more now. Anyway, this one came from DNR TV with Paul Sheriff. It's a mind-blowing tip in Visual Studio that he said he didn't even know about this until last year. And... I didn't know about it, certainly, and it makes such a fundamental difference in the way that you architect your systems. So here's the deal. Let's say you have an N-tier application. You've got one project that has a bunch of base classes, right? right. Your data layer, not even your data layer, just base classes, just just basic stuff. And then you want to add a data layer that's based on some of that and maybe um, some more middle-tier things. Do you want to um, – maybe there is code – that has to be included in one project, not inherited, but included, okay. like modules and that kind of thing. Yeah. And you definitely want them included in your project, but you don't want to, if you just add an item, it's going to make a copy. It's going to fork the code. Right. So if you add an existing item and you select a module or something like that, and you look down in the lower right-hand corner, of this of this dialog box where it says add and cancel there's a little drop down menu item next to the add button and one of the options is add as link oh no duplication that's right and you essentially 
add a link to an existing VB module or C-sharp module that way, and you, it only stays in one place. Now, what happens if you, the problem, challenge here is if you edit it in that project, you might affect other projects. Well, as a matter of fact, the way it goes is if you already have it open for editing in Visual Studio in one mm-hmm. project, and you try to open it with the other project, yeah. it'll tell you it's already open. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at least you're warned. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Very, very, I mean, and that really makes it possible to do um, N-tier projects with code reuse that doesn't require inheritance or, you know, the the whole, um, you know, assembly references. That right, kind of shared thing. libraries. Shared libraries. Okay. That's Paul, very old school. Very old school, but very, very useful. Paul, thank you very much for that tip. And uh, that's what I got today. Awesome. So who's who's talking to us, Richard? Oh, grabbed a quick one today. Uh, Hello, Carl and Richard. I've been listening to .NET Rocks for a few years now, and I get so much out of it. I especially have been enjoying the podcast from Ordev, Sweden. Mm, Those were great. I'm writing in reference to show 614. What Michael Doc Norton had to say was an epiphany to me. Awesome. It actually hurt to hear it as I realized I've now become the go-to guy who has the esoteric skills on an old application. Hmm. Yes, in a way, it gives me job security, but man, do I hate maintaining that old VB6 app. Yeah. And I needed to hear it. Keep up the good work. Rod Falanga. And uh, Rod, thanks very much for your email. We obviously have already had uh, Doc Norton back on the show after lots of emails like this mm. saying, Break, get us more Doc. And uh, yeah, we've all been there, man. Yep. We build the software for a long time. You end up owning an old piece of code you can't get away from. That's right. You know, the other thing that he brought up here was these Ordev shows, which were a little different format where yeah. we were we collected together related 15 or 10 to 15 minute interviews in this sort of a vignette show. That I think it was the largest block we've ever done of those. Right. But if you like those kinds of shows, let us know. Donnetrocksatfranklins.net. You have more influence on us than you realize. Simply <laughs> send true. us an email. Yep. Yep. I, all you got to uh, do is send us an email. And uh, Rod, mug's on the way to you. I love my .NET Rocks mug. I was drinking coffee out of it this morning. I got one sitting right here, full of green tea. Yep. Well, Richard, our guest today is Josh Holmes. He's an old friend of the show and a friend of ours as well. Mostly old, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a great bio. Listen to this. Okay. Josh Holmes is a passionate soul who gets his kicks solving problems with deep fried awesomeness. Excellent. He is currently employed by Microsoft Ireland. As an architect evangelist, and as a matter of fact, is packing today. Prior to joining Microsoft in October 2006, Josh was a consultant working with a variety of clients ranging from large Fortune 500 firms to smaller-sized companies. Josh is a frequent speaker and lead panelist at national and international software development conferences focusing on web technologies on the Microsoft stack, such as ASP.NET, PHP, Iron Ruby, JavaScript, and more. Community-focused, Josh has founded and or run many technology organizations, from the Great Lakes Area .NET Users Group to the Ann Arbor Computer Society, and was on the forming committee for CodeMash. You can contact Josh through his blog at joshholmes.com. Hi, Josh. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Richard. It's great to be on the show again. Ireland. Ireland. How'd that happen? Are you Irish, first of all? Uh, 
actually, I, I'm, you know, obviously, um, uh, everybody in America is a little bit Irish. True. Uh, I mean, there's uh, close to 8 million people worldwide that's, uh, no, 70, 70 million people worldwide that claim Irish inheritance. Yeah. I have some Irish in me. My wife is half. Um, but, you know, mine is, is minuscule enough that I don't claim it very often. Yeah. But um, I just have always felt a very deep connection to the culture and the people of Ireland, uh, regardless of the fact that, you know, as is my heritage, I'm not, you know, uh, Irish by descent. I feel the same way. I've been, uh, I was, uh, went to Ireland a, a year or so ago, and I'm going back this year. So maybe we can uh, coordinate a little tryst. That'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, would love to uh, coordinate uh, a number of different things. Um, you know, we've got a lot of great technology in Ireland, uh, a lot of great technologists, and you know, it'd be great to have some shows uh, recorded over there as well. Where is the Microsoft office you're going to? Um, it's in the uh, Sandyford office, which is on the south side of Dublin. Oh, okay. Uh, so you know, Dublin proper. Uh, I'll be living somewhere on the south side of of Dublin. Right smack um, in the middle of the country. Haven't quite found a house yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in the middle of, of uh, lots of insanity here. Half my house has actually already been packed, but as you mentioned earlier, the snow doesn't stop, and we're in the middle of snowmageddon in 2010. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! And you and guys, so the packers have not come back yet today, so we're expecting them to come back tomorrow or the next day and pack the other half of my house. Yeah, I, uh, I thought you were talking about the Super Bowl, man. There, it's a uh, uh, rains to be seen if that's going to be pulled off, but. Uh, I, my girlfriend was telling me today that of Texas, Philadelphia, and Chicago, the warmest place on the warmest place out of those three is Philadelphia today. Right, like Houston apparently was fourteen to uh, or forty some odd degrees. I can't remember. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Fourteen, um, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about people in Texas are snowed in. So let's talk about the web matrix. Web Matrix, absolutely. Uh, Web Matrix is uh, is pretty cool. I mean, one of the all right. Actually, let me let me start with a couple of quick, fun, interesting tidbits. Um, uh, you guys were actually at Codemash this year and uh, saw the launch event for Web Matrix. I don't know if you knew, but that's that was the first ever product launch that Microsoft has done at a community event. Yeah, yeah. Now we were that's, amazed. I, I was astonished, uh, and you were the keynoter. Yes, I was. I was pretty excited to be so. And as mm-hmm. far as I know, and maybe you know, your listeners can correct me on this, but as far as I know, I'm the first ever uh, primary presenter uh, during a product launch that did not have senior VP in his title or higher. <laughs> well, let's talk about, first of all, what it is and tell us what problem it's uh, attempting to solve. Okay. So a uh, web matrix, um, there's kind of two different um, ways to think about web matrix. Um, WebMatrix is a uh, stack, okay? and, and as part of that, there are three parts. There's a tool that is uh, called WebMatrix, and that's what most people are going to see up, for, up front and, and first is uh, the WebMatrix, the tool, which is an IDE, right. um, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, but also with that, in that same stack, is a web server, a lightweight web server called IF Express. And a uh, lightweight database called uh, SQL Server Compact Edition. Um, which, funny enough, uh, the first time that I was on .NET Rocks many moons ago, um, four or five years ago, I was talking about a product called SQL Server Compact Edition. Um, but the SQL That's Server right. Compact Edition is a file-based database. 
uh, that right. allows you to uh, just include the file directly with your uh, project. Uh, it actually can be used in templates and projects. It can be deployed to the web, um, et cetera. IS Express is a very lightweight, uh, less than 10 meg worth of a download uh, web server that runs is in your process but gives you all the flexibility of um, IS 7. So it's, you know, modular architecture with URL rewrite and, you know, all of all the goodness that we've come to expect from IS 7. Um, the important part about it running in your process is that you do not have to be an administrator in order to attach to it, to debug it, to yeah. uh, to run it, uh, et cetera. Well, that's good. I mean, a lot of people get hung up on security in SQL. Absolutely. Well, and just configuration Absolutely. in general. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you can do all the configuration and everything without having to be an administrator of IS Express. So I guess the question is, Josh, is this actually a tool for developers? So the That's a great question, and uh, it's a great question that a lot of people are, are asking these days. Um, and particularly, they're asking that about uh, WebMatrix, the IDE. Uh, SQL Server Compact Edition and IS Express are absolutely for developers uh, I strongly recommend that you look at using those in Visual Studio and you know, using those as your uh, web stack. The IDE itself, um, you know, before I get to to answering your direct question, let me let me talk a little more about kind of the the role that it plays in the web development ecosystem, and then we'll come around to you know how does that apply for developers. Okay. The easiest way to talk about it is really to talk about it in a scenario based type of a way. Um, when you first open up WebMatrix to IDE, you get a little splash screen that says, you know, a couple of different things. You can open up an existing website. You can open up a website from a folder. You can open up a uh, template. Okay, so, you know, templates, all of the templates that we've been used to in Visual Studio for quite a while. Uh, and then the last one, this is one that I'm personally pretty excited about, is um, it, you can open up an existing uh, open source project. And the huh. way that that yeah. works yeah. is that you can pull from the web application gallery any of the ASP.NET or PHP projects that are out there. There's like close to 40 projects out there, including uh, on the .NET side, uh, .NET Nuke, Umbraco, um, a, whole, you know, a whole bunch of other great projects. And on the PHP side, great projects like WordPress and Joomla and um, uh, Drupal and so on and so forth. Okay. So then the problem that that will, that will pull down that code, open it up in the IDE. You can customize it. You can play with it. You can install templates, get it the way that you want it, and then very quickly from within the IDE, publish out to uh, one of you, one of the um, great hosting companies that are out there in the world. Nice. So that's the scenario. Is one of those hosts Azure? Unfortunately not. Not yet. Um, okay. So right now it is still publishing to kind of traditional hosting, um, yeah. you know, shared virtual or uh, dedicated hosts. Um, Applied Innovation, where I host my website, is, is one of the um, partners that has uh, gotten a great, uh, an easy publishing scenario uh, from within WebMatrix. Uh, you can actually import the published settings um, and, and not even have to think about it. It's just very, very quick and simple to publish out to existing um, uh, hosting companies. But unfortunately, Azure is not on the docket as of the moment. Now, 
let's so. let's get to the audience for this. Obviously, this isn't sort of the next uh, front page, is it? I mean, this really isn't for people who you know have dabbled with HTML and want to publish a website, is it? Uh, it actually plays very well with that scenario where, really? um, you know, somebody who, you know, would be looking for a front page type of a scenario, um, it allows them to, you know, very quickly get, uh, code up and, and, and running. Uh, some things it does not have, it does not have kind of the WYSIWYG drag and drop, uh, editor that you would, you would expect in a front page scenario. Right. It's more like, what features do you want? Let's put them together and then boom, right? Sort of right, like a exactly. wizard. Yeah, so there's great wizard support. There's great administration and configuration support. Um, you know, there's uh, some lightweight IntelliSense for both ASP.NET and for um, uh, some of the PHP HTML stuff. This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by our friends at Telerik. So you know all about the power of ASP.NET MVC but you might be in need of some good tools to enhance your productivity. Well, our friends at Telerik just shipped the latest release of the Telerik extensions for ASP.NET MVC, 18 jQuery-based native MVC extensions. Now you can enhance productivity by remaining in control of your views without having to write all HTML, CSS, and JavaScript by hand. Did I mention that the Telerik MVC extensions are also free and open source? Plus, now you can check all MVC online demos in both ASPX and Razor views since the extensions offer full support for ASP.NET MVC 3 and the Razor view engine. Download your free copy today at Telerik.com slash free MVC. And don't forget to thank them for supporting .NET Rocks. Now, I'm looking up on Microsoft.com slash web slash webmatrix, which is the sort of the right. launching place for it. And it says that once webmatrix is installed... We make it simple to get and install the latest version of your favorite free web application, such as WordPress, Joomla, .NET Nuke, and Orchard. So does this mean that um, it's sort of an enabler for for doing different kinds of uh, existing website toolkits? Like, why wouldn't somebody just install .NET Nuke? Why would they go through WebMatrix? Is it because that the um, the sort of the core fundamentals of creating, publishing a website, setting up a database is all done with WebMatrix? Is that it? Yes, exactly. Uh, so getting back to Richard's question earlier, um, you know, if, if you are a developer and uh, are very comfortable with Visual Studio, you can still download and install .NET Nuke or, um, you know, one of the other great projects that are out there mm. uh, and edit them with Visual Studio. You can absolutely still do that. Um, this, with WebMatrix, uh, just makes it very quick and simple to do, uh, to, to very quickly launch a site. Um, you know, so I actually have both tools installed in my box, and uh, I use Visual Studio in some scenarios, and I use WebMatrix in others. Uh, huh. Sometimes my WebMatrix projects grow up into Visual Studio projects. Oh, really? That's really cool. Now, I think about a year ago, uh, we did a show on the Microsoft Platform Installer, right. which sounds very similar. What's the relationship there? That is that is another great question. The uh, Web Platform Installer, um, that is actually reading the same exact list of open source projects that you get out of uh, WebMatrix. 
And so, uh, you know, to kind of back up and, and, you know, dive a little deeper under the covers, uh, IS-7, one of the great things that came with IS-7 is a new technology called Web Deploy, which allows you to very quickly and easily package a website on one server and deploy it to another server um, and, and, you know, really enable that farm scenario. Hmm. Uh, the web platform installer um, uh, is actually leveraging that exact same technology. And what it's doing is uh, they, there's a number of prepackaged applications. Uh, most of these are, uh, are actually all of them are free and or open source packages. Uh, and then the IIS team has actually put together a feed, uh, an Atom Pub feed of all of these applications that they have tested on um, uh, XP, uh, Windows Server, two, uh, sorry, 2003, and uh, IS-7. Uh, with uh, you know Windows Seven and two thousand eight, um, and then you know that pub pub feed is actually fed into the web platform installer and into Web Matrix. Okay, so I mean, it, one it, it, in one case, some cases it looks like the Web PI is the overall thing, and then in the other case, it's like Web PI is a piece of Web Matrix. I'm sort of confused about that, but obviously, okay, the two well, are tied I, together. I actually, so so start with the gallery. Okay, so there's the Microsoft yeah. uh, Web Application Gallery, and there's a Atom Pub feed of all of the uh, projects that the IS team has blessed. And the Web PI is one of the tools, one of the front ends of that gallery. Okay. Web Matrix is another. And then there's actually another one called, um, I'm going to get the name wrong here, I think it's Dot .panel, uh, which actually hosters can integrate. And that's an open source package as well that, uh, will allow hosters to very quickly and easily consume that same Atom Pub feed and publish a site to your shared hosting account. So what's interesting to me, of course, I live half in the dev side, half in the IT side. So I'm pretty comfortable setting this stuff in the first place, but I've used the Web PI, and it just makes it stupid simple. Exactly. Like You literally say, I need a WordPress site here give it the appropriate set of credentials, it installs all the software, it sets up the website correctly, it sets all the permissions, you know, noise and sparks come out for a little while, and it goes, okay, done, and you have a running yeah. site. Yeah, and, and I mean, as part of that, I mean, uh, you said it installs all the technology. By that, you know, in the Atom Pub feed is a set of dependencies, and uh, or actually as part of the package inside the Atom Pub feed, there's a set of dependencies. And so you can say this application is dependent upon SQL Server, mm -hmm. what version? Um, you can say that it's, it's dependent upon MySQL and what version. Mm -hmm. You can say that it's dependent upon uh, ASP.NETBC3. You can say that it's dependent upon this version of PHP. And the uh, Web PI and or Web Matrix uh, and or .panel will actually pull those uh, technologies down and install them, uh, assuming you have permissions to do so and get the, the package up and running very, very quickly. Very cool. So what if you're a, a sort of a kind of Mortish developer, Mortish, who, you know, has done some ASP.NET, maybe ASP.NET 2.0, but hasn't really done a lot since and feels a little intimidated by Visual Studio and all that. So your boss comes to you and says, we want, um, you know, a website that hooks into our database and does all this kind of stuff, uses some existing resources, and it's got a scale. Is there any downside to starting with uh, Web Matrix? Uh, you mentioned that you know you you upgrade them to full fledged 
Visual Studio projects later. Do you need to do that in order to get all the goodness of ASP.NET? Or is this Absolutely something... Absolutely not. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, you just nailed one of the scenarios, um, you know, where you can start with, uh, you know, either creating some application from scratch from one of our templates or from one of the open source packages and very quickly get that up, customize it, publish it, get something out there. And then, you know, you can continue to edit that, continue to make uh, changes to it in WebMatrix. But then at some point you decide, you know what, I really, I need, you know, I need more. I need uh, source control integration. I need, uh, you know, unit testing. I need, you know, I I need more. I need what Visual Studio really gives me right. as a power developer. Right. Once I get like a prototype up and running and my boss likes it, then, you know, a team can take over. And, but how long, how, what is typically that transition looking like? I mean, you know, you said it right there. If you need testing and if you need version control and all that, but how long can I, like, how, how much will it scale? I guess that's what I'm asking. I mean, scalability really just depends on where the database is and, where the website is physically i mean right the the bandwidth the the robustness of of the site that's hosting it that kind of thing right exactly exactly yeah so, so I mean, there's from, no limitations you know, the things that you publish from uh web matrix don't have any you know limitations as far as scale etc um where you're going to start running into limitations is really on the developer side you know where you know, at some point, you need to be managing multiple projects from source control, uh, sharing with um, you know other developers, um, you know, et cetera. I mean, that that's really where you start to to run into some some of the limitations and some of the um, uh, kind of the edges of it. And if you're a Visual uh, Studio developer who's a pure ASP.NET guru, let's say you're Scott Hanselman, for example, and somebody in your company builds a little site with web matrix and then they say to you, let's say you're not Scott Hanselman cause he knows all about it, but let's say I've never seen a web matrix project before and I'm an ASP.NET developer and some guy in my company says, congratulations, you've inherited this site. What, you know, what's the process for me to upgrade that to a, a visual studio project? Uh, simply you open that project in visual studio. So this, it's the same project file solution file. It's, there's no difference yes. there. There's no import process. Correct, correct. And Jeez. on the well, on the PHP side, um, there's some toughness there because the PHP projects, uh, you know, there's not support for that in Visual Studio unless you have uh, VS.PHP, which is a PHP add-in for Visual Studio. Uh, but you can open up the, those PHP files in any of your text editors or PHP editors. But on the ASP.NET side, uh, there's a new extension called CSHTML. Before you get before you get too far into that, the yep. boundary of PHP is the project level. So, in other words, at a, every project, that's where I decide this is a PHP project. Like, I couldn't have um, PHP and ASP.NET mixed in the same project. Is that right? Actually, you can. You can. You can oh, actually. Okay, uh, you so can this enable is... uh, PHP support. It's actually one of the dialogues when you're creating your project is enabling PHP support. All right. So architecturally. If I'm starting with a web matrix project and I want to do, and I'm thinking about moving that to Visual Studio later, I probably don't want to do that, do I? I probably want to keep those Correct. projects separate. Correct. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the the limitation on PHP and ASP.NET being in the same uh, application 
is that they are not able to, uh, currently without a bunch of custom code, share session and that kind of stuff. Uh, but they can absolutely run in the same folder on the same web server. Wow. Yeah, because IIS doesn't care. Exactly, exactly. IIS really doesn't care. Um, I actually I wrote a blog post about this on uh, on my blog at joshholmes.com not terribly long ago about running ASP.NET and PHP in the same project. Mm. Well, and, and these things happen. Like, you inherit a PHP project. You don't want to break the code that's there. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. I've built both. But you've got guys who are skilled in ASP.NET. You can build new pages there. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, one of the scenarios that I've got, um, actually, on my server is that uh, I've got a thumbnail generator that I wrote many years ago in uh, C Sharp. And mm-hmm. it's a um, ASP.NET handler. And I've got a PHP website that is generating the thumbnails in C Sharp. And I'm using the web.config uh, to manage both the PHP project as well as uh, enable this thumbnail generator. Hmm. Slick. So I'm still, you know, a lot of what you say, Josh, makes it sound like it's a tool for non-developers. And the reality is that is the first target scenario is that it's going to be for non-developers or for um, people who are getting into developments or, or starting right. to dabble a little bit. Okay. Um, but me, even as a uh, fairly serious ASP.NET developer, uh, I have found scenarios where it's very, you know, it's, it's awesome to have a very lightweight, very fast and efficient tool that will help me get something started. So right. here's here's a, another scenario. So I'm down at my favorite Irish pub, Hannafin's Public House, which, uh, speaking of Irish, uh, which is right downstairs from the studio. And uh, they're all friends of mine. And the bartender says, now, what program should I use to create a website? So such a gigantic question, right? He doesn't right. know about technology he doesn't understand he understands what websites are he's used to sitting down with a designer and telling them what they want and being charged through the nose for it so right what kind of wizards are in there for him the absolute not even non-programmer but non-techie guy is he going to be able to have an experience with this so the the, the border there is a little gray um, one of the great things that we do have is a uh, in, in WebMatrix um, with the new uh, ASP.NET web pages is the ability to use templates and uh, packages. So we actually have a fairly large um, partnership with TemplateMonster.com, Template and they're producing Monster. a number of templates that are uh, razor ba- uh, razor enabled, which is the new view engine for ASP.NET and for ASP.NET MVC. Right. And so that's huh. your bar owner can import one of these um, uh, templates and use that as they're getting started uh, and basically start pumping in content. Uh, the downside is he's not going to get the beautiful WYSIWYG kind of editor uh, syntax or right. editor experience that he's going to want. Um, but that's where you know the great open source packages really start to pick up the slack there. They're going to get him 80%, 90% along the way. Um, they, he can open up, you know, a, a you know, a .NET Nuke or a Orchard or a Brocco, um, and then import one of the template monster templates and get the website up and running very quickly. 
at Franklin's Net right now, you can get a DVD with over 11 hours of Billy Hollis on Silverlight 4 or 14 hours of Sahil Malik on SharePoint 2010, each for only $6.95. Order online at www.franklins.net. Are you looking to change jobs? Infusion Development has offices in New York City, Toronto, London, Dubai, and Poland. Infusion has hired a whole handful of Happy.net Rocks listeners. Contact me for an introduction at carl at franklins.net. Now, you mentioned Joomla. What's Joomla? J-O-O-M-L-A. It's actually J-O-O-L-M-A exclamation point. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> J- <laughs> the exclamation point is, is actually part of the name. Um, How do you say it? Joomla. 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 Yeah, and actually, I was very, very pleased. We had uh, Ryan uh, Osmek from uh, Open Source Matters. He's the president of Open Source Matters. It's a nonprofit that is the kind of the business end of the Joomla organization. Uh, on stage with me, and he did a fantastic demo uh, during the Web Matrix launch event. Hmm. Uh, Joomla is a um, it's a content management system. Uh, akin to a .NET Nuke or Imbraco, written in PHP. Um, it is one of the larger uh, PHP projects out there in the world. Um, you know, very, very mature, very uh, established uh, content management system. Okay. So the, if you go to templemonster.com, they have a bunch of free templates, which are samples. Are these Joomla templates? Are these ASP.NET templates? Most of them are HTML and cascading style sheets. That's it. They're agnostic. Yeah. They're all... Many, many, many of them are agnostic. They have a new set of them that are Razor-enabled. Okay. And Razor uh, is the new view engine for ASP.NET. So any of the Razor ones are going to be for ASP.NET BC 3 or for ASP.NET Web Pages. Uh, any of those that have that new extension uh, that I mentioned earlier, CSHTML. So as soon as you said that uh, the, these templates are for, uh, you know, use Razor and that it's with MVC, I'm thinking, well, the bartender is out. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> on, on, on those. Um, but he can still get started with one of those um, uh, uh, starting packages and import one of the more agnostic templates uh, to, to develop his, uh, his project. All right. So on the one hand, there's templates and there's easy ways to get started. But on the other hand, it's MVC when you're done. So you're not going to be yep. doing, he's not going to be doing any programming anytime soon. Correct. However, I would, um, you know, I, I would feel good about setting him up with .NET Nuke because, you know, it's a sort of a menu-based, what do you want to do kind of environment. I could probably sit down and teach him how to use the .NET new configurator or the admin site, um, you know, in a couple hours. Right. So, and so where he's going to have the line with WebMatrix is that WebMatrix will uh, provide him a very easy way to look at his database. And okay. he's not going to have to do that very often. But inside the IDE, there's actually a database manager that can do both uh, SQL Server and MySQL. Okay. Uh, he's going to be able to manage all of his files. He's going to be able to publish right from WebMatrix. Well, that's good. Yeah. And then if he has an existing website, and this is another scenario that I didn't talk about yet, if he has an existing website, he can actually pull that down into WebMatrix and 
so it will actually suck all the content off of the website into WebMatrix and allow him to make changes and edit locally and then publish back up. Okay. Wow. I mean, one of, one of the, the scenarios, and, and this is something to, to talk to your bartender about, is that uh, a lot of non-technical people will make sometimes fairly dramatic changes to their website on the live website. One of the, the kind of good things and bad things about content management systems like .NET Nuke is that they can. Right. And what uh, WebMatrix is going to allow him to do is pull all that content offline make his changes in that safe environment, and if he accidentally screws it up, fine. He just re-pulls from the live website. Yeah. Wow. And then he can make his changes and republish. And I guess that's the compelling part here, is the guy can work, continue to work in Web Matrix, and another guy can be working in studio, and they're not really going to step on each other. Exactly. So you said Razor. I did say Razor. Yeah. yeah I don't think we've really dr- addressed this whole thing. We yet. haven't. Let's talk Razor. So, Razor is a new syntax for ASP.NET web pages and ASP.NET MVC3. It's uh, the new view engine, uh, so to speak. The uh, syntax is that you're uh, going along an HTML code and then you drop an at sign. And the at sign tells the view engine, hey, I've got new code here. You know, I've got executable stuff. And then it will um, just parse executable code until it hits HTML again. And then it'll switch back to HTML. And so you don't have to worry about the opening and closing and everything else. You just drop an at sign and start coding. And it'll do if statements, it'll do for loops, it'll do um, you know, references to, to uh, external objects, uh, etc. So as an example, um, you know, let's say you have a, a group of products you know, that are being served up, um, you know, in the MVC project, for example, they're being served up from the controller. So you would just say at products dot, you know, first, and then you can drop the, um, you know, start, start referencing the attributes that are on that. And it'll start dropping that uh, text right there in your, your website uh, without you having to really think about the opening and the closing and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. A lot less keystrokes. Cool. And yeah, again, this is like, okay, you're not quite a developer. Here's almost VBA-ish, right? It's sort of a way to walk people into doing a little of customization. Yeah, I mean, when I started playing with Razor, it, it really threw me back to um, late 90s, you know, when I was doing a lot of ASP development, ASP classic development. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really what it felt like. And, and I, you know, that was a very powerful, very uh, but very simple, very uh, easy way to get stuff done. Right. Uh, it was also write once, read never code. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. It's a write right. only code. Yeah. Yeah. Once you because it, it tended to make a Spaghetti. mess. Well, and so that's that's actually one of the very exciting things about it for me is that um, the you know th- th- there's there's two places where we're going to have the view engine immediately. One is the ASP.NET web pages. And for the web pages, that really, really is like ASP Classic. It's an uh, independent page, and at the top, you'll have like an at, open curly, some code, then a closed curly. And then you have, throughout the rest of the page, just sprinkled this at sign with you know references to objects and so on and so forth. The second one, and this is the one that's exciting for me, is uh, ASP.NET MVC 3 
actually have that full three-tiered architecture with that model view and controller, very sound architectural principles, um, and then your view uses the Razor syntax. But the rest of mm. your code is very, very uh, tightly architected, you know, with the separation of concerns, et cetera. So your view really is just dealing with the display and not actually writing all of your uh, business logic, et cetera. I like it. I really like it. I mean, I love stuff like this. And, you know, while you can really make spaghetti code with classic ASP style programming, it really is flexible. And if you if you just uh, adhere to some guidelines, um, then you can make it readable. Exactly. And, you know, the um, what we've got here now is the best of both worlds where we've got the separation of concerns, the separation of business logic, and um, data layer from your uh, front-end view. But you still have that ease and flexibility that we used to have with ASP Classic uh, to just kind of drop code in uh, willy-nilly into your code base or into your HTML. Yeah, and you know, the main thing, I think, when you look at modern web development that uses this sort of dynamic approach to coding, it's all about the testing frameworks around it. So I guess the sort of thing I'm pushing against here now is, so how do I get to test this thing I build? Right, and so um, unit testing was actually one of the core principles that they were after when they created the Razor syntax. And so all of the statements that you're calling in um, uh, in, in your Razor front end, you're going to be able to unit test very solidly from the back end. And then there's um, tools within um, Visual Studio to do load testing and to do um, recorded testing uh, and really, you know, test those views pretty thoroughly and pretty uh, um, uh, completely, you know, pretty stably. Right. Yeah, and it's important, but and I, you know, now I'm starting to think about the evolution of this, where somebody of limited technical skills but needing a site uses a template, gets stuff up and running, uh, and gets to a certain point where they can't do the customization they need, or they're struggling with performance, something along those lines, and can, and then it lands in my lap, and now I've got to retrofit in a proper testing framework and actually reorganize the site in a way that's going to scale. Josh, are you interested in doing uh, some web matrix shows on DNR TV? Absolutely, that'd be great. Um, and actually, there, there's a couple of them that I'd, that I'd be interested in doing. Um, you know, one of them would be just on web matrix itself, and then another one would be um, actually growing a project from web matrix into Visual Studio. Uh, and and as Richard alluded to, uh, you know, kind of retrofitting in the testing and you know the more you know production quality bits that you need yeah, and of course i the presumption there is that there's something you could do in web matrix that will make a mess and i'm right i gotta presume it's true because as soon as you give anybody enough power they will find a way to screw right it well up. you know that's where we need guidance we need uh, some people to tell us this is what you do this is what you don't do right right exactly yeah so i mean the, the asp.net web pages um you know if, if that's what people are starting with uh, that is business logic and code or and HTML all kind of mixed into one file, and that is you know you are going to have to do a little bit of manual work to separate those concerns out. Yeah. Um. You know. So you know that's 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 absolutely a danger that we're going to have to uh, start, you know, working with people on. 
Well, um, we're. Uh, it sounds like a good stopping point. Is there anything else we should talk about? Let's see. Um, well, I mean, there was a number of other great announcements, like uh, NuGet. Um, I don't know if you guys have talked about NuGet at all. No, let's uh, talk about N-U-G-E-T. it. N-U-G-E-T. NuGet or Git? G-E-T? G-E-T. NuGet. Get. Yeah, uh, Phil Hack mentioned it in passing as part of the MVC discussion, but by all means, dig into it further. Okay, so uh, just a, a couple of quick minutes on it. Um, the NuGet is a great new package manager uh, that we've been working with the Outer Curve Foundation to uh, to build. And uh, by package manager, it's specifically for uh, ASP.NET uh, packages. Uh, so there's 300-plus uh, Open source packages that have already been contributed since August when we started accepting packages, uh, more coming. Wow. And then right from within Visual Studio, you can uh, open up a PowerShell window and uh, pull these open source packages and integrate them into your project very, very quickly, very seamlessly. Um, wow. And you know that's going to allow you to not just you know take advantage of full open source applications like a .NET Nuke, but pull down um, you know a, a I need code that will help me get to uh, PayPal or code that will help me get to, um, you know, the, one, of the, uh, one of the packages that you can manage through NuGet is Ninject. So you can actually incorporate Ninject right into your application. All right, what's uh, Ninject? And dependency injection in your MVC3 application, you know, pulling that through NuGet. Is Ninject a .NET dependency injection framework? Yes, it is. Okay. It's uh, one of the one of the best ones out there. There seems to be no end to these. Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few of them. It's uh, it's all the rage. Um, okay, but you know the reason it's all the rage is that there's a lot of power, you know, with your uh, unit testing ability and you know being able to separate concerns very quickly and simply with uh, with Ninject and that other dependency injection engines. Okay. Great. All right, guys. I think that's a show. Yeah, that is a show. Josh, thanks for sharing this with us. It's, you know, whenever I talk to you guys about these new technologies that you're coming out, I'm always more and more impressed. And, you know, forgive me for hammering on the newbie thing, but I think that, you know, somebody who's listening to this really wants to get a feel for what they should recommend because they're, our listeners are the go-to guys in their companies, you know, they, they need Absolutely. to know who can, who should use this. So thank you for that. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is recorded and produced by Pwop Productions, providing professional audio, audio mastering, video, post-production, and podcasting services. Online at www.pwop.com. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and offering custom on-site classes in Microsoft development technology with expert developers. Online at www.franklins.net. For more .NET Rocks episodes and to subscribe to the podcast feeds, go to our website, at www.dotnetrocks.com. Got a transmitter band by the FCC. Yes, I'm a photographer.